Hello friends, so welcome to episode 2. I just wanted to add a little note to the start of this as I know it's Valentine's Day that we're releasing this but for all of those who find this day difficult, don't fret, there are no mentions of Valentine's Day in this. This is purely just to distract your brain and hopefully make you feel less alone. Hi, I'm Elspeth. And I'm Steph. We are Keep You Company. And we are here to be your mates whilst you can't be with your mates. I like that this week you mixed it up a little bit by saying one, two, three instead of three, two, one. Did I do three, two, one last week? You normally do a three, a two, a one. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. It's my best bit of, it's the best bit of my week. I've got a really creaky chair, by the way. I'm very sorry. I need to get, I need to oil it. Mine is, Um, if I fidget, you can hear me. So we, we all need to just remind everybody that it is just creaking <laughs> that is all it is right so welcome to episode two of keep you company hello we're doing the thing this is so exciting i'm i can't believe i mean we haven't even released episode one yet and now we're doing episode two <laughs> yeah it feels we haven't very backwards <laughs> the timelines don't match up but we this past weekend was the weekend we shared with you all the pilot and the trailer and we just want to literally sing your praises because we are so overwhelmed and grateful and all we've done all week is text each other just going, ah, ah screenshotting, everything, anything you've put messaged, we've sent it to each other with heart face emojis, that sad puppy eyes emoji. <laughs> so much. Always the sad puppy eyes. So much. I just get I just get really overexcited because I think it's like we've said like we wanted to do something like this for a really long time and we actually are doing it and both of us have had this weird sense of complete and utter self-belief and belief in each other and I think it's because for the first time both of us were saying like we haven't been on a team with someone for so long where we've just created something that we really want to do where we go okay we've got no rules around this like we can just do this no one's going to tell us what to do we can actually just enjoy making something. And then everyone else started to love it too. And I'm like, eh? Uh, Good things. It, Good I can't. things. I just can't. So thank you from the bottom of my hollow, hollow, hollow heart. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I cannot cope. Thank with... you from my overly emotional soul. <laughs> I just think it's mad. Like, I'm just really grateful to everybody who's listened um, to anything so far because realistically none of you knew you were going to listen to my burp oh snow's barking in the background i knew this i thought that was a really well-timed burp i genuinely (laughs) thought that it was coming back no that's just snow i think she'll be she'll be quiet now maybe campbell's gone out food shopping so she's just out there huffing just huffing anyway just huffing um so tell me about your week what have you been up to how are you feeling how's your brain doing um I think I think this week's been weirdly tiring for everybody and I don't know quite why I'm very tired this week's been gross hasn't it like this has been the worst one I think so far and like what what date are we with third of February as we're recording now this will come out on the 14th I, I, this week has just been weird. Everyone's just been 
so down and gross and rare. The fact I ma- I've managed to achieve stuff, which is weird for me, because normally <laughs> this normally this kind of energy I would be I would have spent a whole like week basically just going from like working at my desk to my bed, <laughs> and I've not. I've I'm actually, actually dead impressed. You've achieved a lot. Weirdly, a weird amount. I'm being very productive at the moment. I'm on a real good vibe at the moment. I think I'm. I am one with the universe at the moment. <laughs> We're friends. And for anyone who can't see the video, if we don't share that bit, Steph's just putting her hands together. Just in like, prayer. I am at one. In prayer. See, that's your yoga teacher that is, coming through. It is. It's proper coming through now. I'm becoming a real spiritual person. And I'm so... But you've been passing modules left, right and centre as well. I have. I've, and I passed my uh, Uriana Banda module today. Oh, How sexy really does that happy. sound? <laughs> Say it again. Uriana Banda. <laughs> I can't get past the fact that both of us can do the start of Saturday night really well. Oh, do you know the dance? I know the dance no, when I've... No, I, I didn't I've, learn. When I've been drinking, I know the dance off by heart and I will stab anyone on the dance floor who thinks that they know it more than me. But stab them. I will, I'll kick them. <laughs> if they think that it's like... Because someone always does not enough like steps... And they think it's really in time, but it's not actually as in time as you think it is. And they always get it wrong. <laughs> no one sober does these dances. So unless you are someone... You have to be in, like, the peak level of drunk to be able to nail a dance. I remember specifically realising at one point being in the club, knowing how drunk I was when I'd forgotten how to do the Macarena, which is the most simple of them all. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is now a level I measure myself on. And I'm like, right, at what point have I reached too much? Oh, I can't use my limbs. Let's <laughs> I can no longer perform the Macarena. I need to go home. <laughs> yeah, that's my measurement on life. Now. Call the Uber. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you've had a pretty... I've had a quite good week, considering, week, considering it's actually been a bit of a naff week. It's been shit weather. Nothing's happened. I mean... It became February. It's, oh, yeah, it did. It's just another week, it is isn't now it? February. Another it's week just, in the lockdown. Do you know what? It reminds me... This last week gone reminds me of... Um, you know when you first... Wait, did you go into halls when you went to uni? Yeah. I didn't stay in them, but I did. As in, oh, I, my stuff stayed in day. them for the whole year. The I did not stay in my halls. I probably stayed in my halls about five nights the entirety of my first year. Oh, yeah. No, I remember you telling me about this. That makes me sound um, like I'm really promiscuous, but I was staying in my <laughs> boyfriend at the time's halls the whole time. That does literally make it sound like you went, right, fuck it, I'm just going to live full-on full student life. I'm going to do this first um, year right. <laughs> I did not do it right because I was with him, so... That just reminded me of, I went, in second year, I went to, um, I was going to be a freshers rep, and I went to, like, their big talk. Do you know what the freshers reps are? No. So I don't know if everyone, every uni had them, but basically, I went to Trent, and in, um, every year, like, you'd get second and third years who would be fresher reps, and they'd basically turn up at your halls and force you to go out and, like, force you to make friends and stuff. So it was actually a really good concept because it was people that then were already there, already knew, like, they could keep you safe and show you where to go and whatever else. Um, but it just, like, looked really good fun. But 
the second year, I went along and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, go out of my comfort zone, try and, like, battle my anxiety. And then I got to, um, I got to the main meeting and they'd got us all in, like, one of the big lecture theatres. They turn around and they go, oh, so now you're all going to go and get STD checks? I was like, I think this is maybe not the job for me. Because I did not realise we were signing up to wear orange polo shirts with fancy nicknames on and then go and shag everyone that's just arrived. Was that basically... Were they were they pimping you out a bit? I think they might have been. There's a lot of queries I have around Trent, but I mean, I'd like to just add that these are just my personal opinion. Make them fresh as welcome. <laughs> Make them really welcome, but also clean. So, anyway. But why does... What if they're not clean? Well, I mean, that's probably how Corona started, really, isn't it? I'm glad you. I'm glad you quit. Whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, the second weird. they said that, I was like, I really don't like the way that this is going. I'm not about that life, so I'm gonna just go back to my hermit life now and stop trying to tackle my anxiety or make any friends. <laughs> anyway, the whole point of me saying this. Anyway, <laughs> um, so when you get when you first go to uni, or maybe not at the moment, because actually no, definitely at the moment because people are still going off to uni and going to halls and whatever um you have your your third week thing so your first week is always fun and stupid and it's a bit anxiety inducing but then you're all in the same boat so you just crack on your second week is kind of like you still feel like you're on holiday and you're like oh my god this is so fun there's still loads of fun stuff your third week is probably when your lectures start it's probably when you start to realize it's no longer a holiday and that actually you need to stop spending all your money on stuff you don't need. And you've probably run out of money. And you're probably just eating noodles. And you've probably already managed to fall out with someone. And you're homesick. Th- that third week, <laughs> that's yeah. that's now. <laughs> that is that is now for me. Like, that's how yeah, I Yeah, that's feel. been, yeah. And not that lockdown no, has been a holiday. But I, I think we've all reached that point where we're just like, right, this isn't new anymore. We're just settling into life at the moment and it's actually really miserable and a bit shit and a bit different and I don't like it because I don't like change I like change but a lot of people don't like change you've quit the news too haven't you quit the news or are you limiting your (laughs) amount of news that you get I don't know a lot of (laughs) (laughs) no I'm only laughing because my brain interpreted that as like I'm a news reader and I was like, I did quit my first uni, but I don't remember quitting my newsreader's job. And then I was like, wait, no. Were you a mean- newsreader? Never. I never was. Never. Um, but I wish I was. Um, no, so you I- could have quit it. I- so I could have quit. Yeah. I love quitting stuff I don't like. Um, I have also quit the news. Yes. That just made me think of as well. Um, I was listening to Greg James's podcast roundup of his show earlier. Was it you that told me to listen to Greg James's ones? Some, uh, no, I'm James Acaster. <laughs> Just if we're gonna, Ooh, I'm all pick of people all from Bubbly Sounds. Um, all of them. All of them. I'm all, I'm all of them. So probably I should have gone back and got those tests. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, no. So apologies to all BBC podcast <laughs> presenters. Oh yeah, we're not insinuating something there, and I've also not slept with any of you or even met you. I need to just stop talking. Um, my point being was I was listening to Greg James's roundup of his podcast earlier, and someone had um, like called in to tell them that one of the I think it was like the you know the people who do the bits in between BBC programs and they like. 
next up on BBC is Strictly Come Dancing. Um, oh, yeah. They played this bit, and it was one of the BBC guys going, um, next after it, blah, 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 is something or other, and I would introduce it with a comical thing, but I'm just not in the mood. And I was like, <laughs> A, how has he got away with that? B, that sums everything up right now. And just, no one cares. No one's got anything fun to I say that. anymore. Very highly. I'm really enjoying, there's a lot of videos going around at the moment of clips from like BBC News 24 of like the, I was going to say the news anchors, but that's not what we call them in the UK. Are we going to talk about bloopers? The presenters. Are we going to talk about bloopers? No, where are you going with this? I'll, I'll talk after. Well, I was going to say, at, at the moment there's loads where like the, the presenter will just be like, and Boris isn't going to solve anything, is he? <laughs> and I just, I just live for it. They just cut away and then they're like, well, that was a load of bollocks, wasn't it, Matt Wancock? <laughs> it just makes me live. No, I thought you were going to say, so one of, okay, right, so first things first, I'm going to say that our, no, I'm not going to say what our episode is about yet, but what I am going to tell you is one of my favourite ways to deal with, say, if I'm having a really bad day or it's particularly when I'm hungover I like to do this like when we used to be allowed to hang out with groups of people on a Sunday and we'd all just do essentially what we're doing now my favourite thing is to google no YouTube bloopers newsreader bloopers they they make me cry like I am so happy (laughs) thinking about it at the moment like I've actually got tears in my eyes right now because it's just so pure and it's so good and it will be like a camera just automatically going off in the wrong direction or just something getting ruined or like a, a weatherman for like 10 minutes not realising he's on and he's just like da 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 da. It's honestly, if you're sad, I'm pretty sure there was one updated for last year's one and it's like 30 minutes solid. And I will literally watch that. I think I played it like three times on Boxing Day back to back. So I was just like, I need something good today. I do love, I do love a blooper. I very often go through and watch um, the blooper reels from The Office and Parks and Recreation. Oh my god! I, I because I live to see office, as in the US one. <gasps> oh my god. Please, because then we can talk about it. Should we tell everyone what um, we've both Skipsies. cried about this week? Uh, yes, we can do. Have I cried this week? No, I, I meant. Cried a few I didn't times. mean just in general. I meant. I meant. Oh. <laughs> we meant that we watched the Shit's Creek. Um, <laughs> I didn't just mean let's tell people. <laughs> I thought we were going to get real emotional. <laughs> I mean, we can. I thought you were really checking in with me, and I haven't even checked in with you yet. Wow. I mean, we we can do that, but I genuinely was just like, I know that both of us this week have not only cried about watching the last episode of Shit's Creek, but specifically the documentary. I will go again. I'll cry again. I can't. When I think of the song, I just can't. It's all too much. I can't. And then I want to go back and watch... I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but I want to then go back and watch the last episode again now that I know how they all felt when they finished filming. I was not okay, hun. 
I was in bits. Steph's in bits. She's falling apart in front of my eyes on Zoom. <laughs> I just had a full-on existential crisis. I've got one more thing as well head. before I want to check in. I've got one more thing that I need you to tell the people. What happened to you today? What did you? What did I wake up to a screenshot of this morning? Was it this morning or was it yesterday? I'm gonna have to, gonna have to check my screenshots now because <laughs> this could be. It was the Twitter. There's so thing. many things it could be. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> can't! Oh my god! Right. So obviously, as we said, we've loved getting all of your feedback. <laughs> um, um, about the podcast and and everyone has I been so nice morning. and then yeah I got this so nice today. I woke up this morning and someone had tweeted me <laughs> saying um <laughs> I'm sorry I've got it in front of me it's just made me die I have never met someone that sounds like they're swallowing a 14 foot whale every time they take a breath ever <laughs> help me at St George 00 <laughs> <laughs> and Steph thought and I read is... it and I... I thought it was one of Elsie's friends and I was like <laughs> I was like am I really that breathy I was like am I, I was and like, bear in mind like we I talk too fast we are on different time zones so like Steph will wake up super early and I will go to bed really late so nine times out of ten I will have sent her like 40 <laughs> texts between about 8pm and 3am and I will wake up about 10am to many from Steph between like 4am <laughs> like an eight and that time yeah, yeah so like Steph has had like a significant amount of time alone with this tweet and this thought this morning <laughs> just thinking that one of my friends has tweeted her going you've got really heavy breathing <laughs> anyway and I do now because I'm laughing and crying at the same time so yes I do now sound like a whale but I was like is she is this a joke am I supposed is was I meant to find it funny are you being mean is this just one of Elsie's friends is this an in joke I I literally was questioning my whole <laughs> podcast whole life at this point I was like I need to quit now my voice is horrible only to find that this girl then has replied to herself saying did I tag the wrong Steph yes yes I did <laughs> And then I went on her profile and she's tagged the wrong Steph about eight times in a row, but like different Steps. But it was just the... Why aren't you deleting the, the tweets? Oh, yeah, that's so what? true. I didn't even question that. I thought she was just deliberately tagging random Stephs to be like, now think about how, how heavy your breathing is. And it's like, she's do you know how on. many people will now probably be anxious about being on Zoom, anxious about... Like the irony that it's come up at the exact week we've launched a podcast and you're like something is wrong <laughs> i was like i'm never i'm gonna i'm never gonna breathe ever again I'll just stop right now I'll i just yeah stop. what i didn't want to tell you is i've actually just cut out all your, your all your heavy breathing every no i haven't really <sighs> um <laughs> that's what i imagine and i'm like do i do that <laughs> after each sentence like um do i no you're all good anyway how are you this week? What's What's been going on? I have been upside down. I have had a turbulent week. Last Friday, I had an exceptional breakdown. I don't know why I said that like more of it. It's great. <laughs> an exceptional <laughs> breakdown. Um, 
Exceptional. <laughs> Exceptional breakdown. I just had a complete <laughs> mind melt on Friday. Everything went wrong. It felt like the world was against me. And so I just drove to a really big hill and cried. And I was like, bah, this is what we'll do now. Because I don't know about you, but like when I'm in my worst mindset, I need to be really high up but not too high because i'm scared of heights so don't put me in like a flame there's like a A safe height yeah it has to be a safe height but i'm still touching the ground and there can't be any cliffs because that's too scary so it has to be like a soft trajectory a soft edge yeah a soft edge (laughs) a soft edge hill and i'd like to be at the top of it safely but i'd also quite like to drive there i don't want to have to walk there so i went to box hill a classic it was also raining i might as well have just been on tumblr to be honest like the level of 2000s emo i reached standing in the rain to be fair you did send me a video and i mean it was very pleasing to see it was, um, but it was quite it was quite sad as well to see <laughs> um, <laughs> because it was really raining it really was raining guys and the worst it was when i drove home afterwards i remember standing there on top of this hill thinking oh, i should have brought an umbrella or something like I'd, I'd thought ahead right somehow in my complete crisis state to at least make myself a coffee in a in a heated not a heated mug that's not a thing in a thermos and i'd taken my coffee <laughs> And I was stood there and I was like, do you know what, actually, it's really good that it's raining because normally somewhere like Box Hill is really, really, really busy and there was pretty much nobody there. Um, and I was like, oh, I should have brought an umbrella. Got back in the car, drove all the way home, went to pick my bag up off the seat. You know what, I was so stressed as well and that I needed to get allowance that I looked at what I'd packed after I'd got home. <laughs> I'd packed, I'm so excited. I'd packed a coffee, right, that's normal. I had um, packed my vape, also normal, trying to quit smoking. Well, I mean, I quit smoking last year, trying to quit vaping. That's another story for another day. And then I'd packed my The Compassionate Mind book because I was like, maybe we can read some stuff that will calm me down. And then I packed my Nintendo Switch in case I wanted to play Mario Kart in the rain on top of a hill. <laughs> By yourself, with no one else around. And part of, like, I couldn't get myself out of this, like, pure stress. But my brain did at one point go, but what if there's no Wi-Fi for you to use to play online with strangers? (laughs) And I was like, I'm 31. Like, I'm standing on top of a hill in the rain thinking about whether I can play Mario Kart to calm down. (laughs) So anyway, that's been the highlight of my week. (laughs) And that's a perfect introduction into Wait, our episode. I've also got one more Wait. that I'm going to just fit in there real quick. I also quit my okay. therapy this week. Yes, you did. Oh, my that's God. That's a big deal. By the way, also, I've, I have been supporting Elspeth through all this. I haven't just laughed at her and called her sad. Just <laughs> FYI. I have been nice to her. We've also developed a very healthy friendship where I've at least made sure that Steph can put firm boundaries in if I'm being too much. So I hope that you have taken that on board. Anyway. And vice versa. Yeah, to be fair, we've got it done to a T now. We're both quite good at sort of going, actually, don't don't bother with me right in this moment. I am still alive and I can cope. I just also would like a friend, but I don't need that right now if you can't cope either, which is what everybody should be doing. We should all check in to see if the emotional availability is there because 
no one can cope right now. Anyway, so I quit my therapy. Um, I've been doing group therapy for compassion-focused stuff. I got to week seven, and honestly, I just, I can't cope anymore. Like, uh, it could work for some people, but I'm ten years into my therapy journey, and um, it got to a point where it was just very triggering, and um, I, and quite patronising in some ways, but this is a subject that I'll go into more deeply when we talk about how therapy works and what types of therapy. Um, but I just wanted to add that in there so that people know you don't, not every therapy is right. Like, it's kind of like I view it as relationships where you're going to ha have various relationships and friendships in your life and not all of them are going to be right. But then one day you're going to find one that clicks and it makes sense and it's a really good therapist and it's and whether it's group therapy or one-on-one, -on -one, either can be good as long as it has the right combination of people. Um, but yeah, I tried it. It should have been 10 weeks that I was doing it. I did seven. I gave it a really good go. And then this week it just sent me over the edge. And um, so that is that. So that is my week of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Told in the it's comedy been way. Down, hasn't it? Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I'm still here. I'm still alive. We're still going. Like there have been good things. I just want to tell some real shit. But it's yeah. not. It's not all sunshine and rainbows every day. We're not. We're not here to pretend. We're no. not here to pretend that Pretending we've got it down really hard. So, so should we, we talk about days? Should we talk about what we're gonna talk about today? Let's talk about the thing. So you're gonna sing. Um, yeah. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about coping mechanisms. <laughs> it doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> Also, that sounds like we're talking about sex coping mechanisms. We're not. I just made that weird. So, Steph, what are we going to be talking about? <laughs> so, this week's episode is all about coping mechanisms. Yeah! Um, and so, we put it out to you guys um, and have had such interesting feedback. Um, and so, I think it's worth actually divulging what we understand coping mechanisms to be. Um, because what we believe that most people believe without being too <laughs> generalizing there <laughs> what we think that you think that we think is is what i think basically <laughs> <laughs> they don't know we know they, they know, know that i know. know we know that yes <laughs> so we've just <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week for both of us obviously you can tell you can definitely tell the the madness this week has, yeah. is setting in slightly but um, we've we've noticed that what a lot of people were putting as their coping mechanisms were very much um, distraction techniques, which is completely fine as a coping mechanism. But it just seems to be one element of coping mechanisms. Yeah. And and we it's really funny to see because we thought so much of what we're doing at the moment is in terms of coping mechanisms from based on kind of what we got from you guys is you're just putting pause on whatever is going wrong or stressing you out. And whilst that's fantastic and it gives you time to quieten your mind so you can process what's going on, it doesn't necessarily put you in a state of growth that you can adapt to that situation going forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And so, I think Els, you've got the definition. I've got the definition. Somewhere, I've got the uh, well um researched wikipedia definition <laughs> but i honestly like i i think this is quite a well like quite a good su succinct way of putting it so um 
Kate just says, coping... No, that's not it. I've managed to... <laughs> to exit that screen and go on the other one. Oh, no, it is Obviously, right. Obviously, right. we tried really hard and we, we Googled this we about five Googled. minutes before recording. I've so Googled definition. We have done other research. No, I have actually Googled the right thing. Um, basically, coping means to invest one's own conscious effort to solve personal and interpersonal problems in order to try to master, minimise or tolerate stress and conflict. These psychological coping mechanisms are commonly termed coping strategies or coping skills. So from someone who's done a lot of therapy around coping mechanisms and how to develop them over years and build a toolbox of coping mechanisms, for me, I really wanted to hammer in that exactly what Steph said. It's distractions are great and keeping yourself busy, using stuff to calm you down in an immediate sense is brilliant. But that isn't always necessarily what's then going to keep you moving forwards and keep you um, developing and learning more about yourself. So there's such a thing, I don't know if we've discussed it already on episode one, we might have done as um, neuroplasticity, which sounds like a big word, but it is um, the concept of your brain creating new wires and um, strengthening areas of your brain, such as um, the soothe area or the threat or the drive, um, which I'll explain more in a bit. But I think that kind of covers our understanding, our own personal understandings of it um, and our Wikipedia definition. <laughs> we have done, I promise you, we have done more than just Google it five minutes ago. We just googled the definition five oh, years yeah, ago the rest of the research <laughs> has been quite in depth and i've got a full-on spreadsheet so we love a spreadsheet fyi um oh hooty <laughs> what Hootie did voice then <laughs> Hoot, i went, I went <laughs> look at you and your heavy breathing <laughs> Why did i you went say ham that? and what did you say <laughs> <ham>? <laughs> i went Ham. This is our problem. No, we, we can go from talking about neuroplasticity to shouting the word ham at each other. Um, and also, I was going to say that neuroplasticity is like learning to tie your shoelaces. Yeah. When you first learn to tie your shoelaces, you can't do it. But now most people would be able to do it kind of without even looking because you've got that muscle memory. And that's what you're doing with neuroplasticity is creating that muscle memory so that it starts as a really hard journey, but as you go on, it becomes easy and then becomes automatic. So, I think if we start with... You've been doing some research and also want to discuss some of your own distraction techniques, because as we said, we don't dismiss that distractions are part of coping mechanisms, so we're going to touch on distractions first, and then we're going to look more at coping mechanism theories. Yeah, so I have kind of, I've gone through so many, so many websites um, <laughs> and kind of broken the mechanisms and distractions into a number of groups. Um, so you've got diversions, which are the ones like your hot bath, your generic self-care type things, um, read a book use a face mask. I said that with such a horrible look know, on my face like, as if I judge people like, that read. I read, read every night. Like, <laughs> read a book. <laughs> I've got back into reading. I've got a lot of time for it. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of time Me for too. it. Me too. I mean, I, I try to make time for it. <laughs> I, I read to get to sleep. 
but you've also got things like um, social coping. There's a number of things here because I think if you're if you're doing things socially, you can assist in bringing each other up or bringing each other down as well um, yeah. is something that happens. So I've got kind of encouraging others, building communities, um, writing letters to people you care about, um, caring for animals, um, cognitive coping is is your things like gratitude lists, um, goals lists, small rewards for small successes, listing your strengths. I think it's really important to see these all as separate things as well because I think a lot of the time we can focus too heavily on one area because that's the area that we know. So, like, if Mm. all you've been taught about is how to distract yourself by, say, like, being around people or being with you, you're then going to invest too heavily in other people helping you or if all you've been taught is how to like journal how to manifest how to do all these things that's all you're then going to do so I think it's really important to then how you're highlighting these separate areas you can sort of pick like one from each area and that's going to start to really balance out your distractions and your coping mechanisms and like how you then move forward with a more well-rounded way of coping in stress yeah a hundred percent and for some people they're not even coping mechanisms they're just like habits yeah hobbies yeah day-to-day life um i've got tension releases here which is a great one um and actually probably one of the ones that is closer to being a way of processing those emotions that you're going through when you're looking for coping mechanisms and they're the tension releases and that's things like um exercise sports competition boxing fitness anything like that catharsis yelling massages yelling into a pillow uh smashing plates little bark from snow there in the background she obviously agreed with i'm like hoping that i'm like hoping that this stuff doesn't it's just you're just gonna hear hear a dog bark occasionally but they'll be quiet Um, soon and then crying and laughing as well uh great tension releases but then it's kind of that but they're my favorite things crying and laughing probably at the same time most of the time as well <laughs> and it you never know which way it's gone is it like was she crying first and now is she manically laughing or was she laughing and now she is crying from the laughter yeah am i laughing because i'm crying sometimes i just laugh at myself whilst i cry <laughs> you know what I mean? just like look at you with your water falling out of your weird little sea holes oh i never want to go ice sea holes Yes. Tension release. Um, yeah, and I don't want to just kind of list coping mechanisms out because that's a bit boring, really. And it is really different for people every single day. Um, so, I mean, the main one for me in ensuring that I don't have a stressful start to my day or even an end to my day is sleep hygiene. Um and how you sleep and how the sleep affects your cognitive function, your physical function. Um, and I've actually had to have CBT for my sleep because I have a real, <clears throat> I have issues with my anxiety, which means that I don't have issues falling asleep generally. I'm usually too exhausted from the day and it, I'd pass out, but I'll wake up at like half three in the morning and I cannot for the life of me get back to sleep. And I'll just lie there thinking about how tired I'm going to be for the rest of the day. That's horrible. And, how un- and, you know, you just, when you're that tired, you end up in that hole so yeah. quickly of, oh, and 
you deserve this and you're you've got this because you went to bed early last night and you had something sugary near dinner time. <laughs> Do you know what? There are two and... things that have just this just just made me think of. There was one. There's a new TV program at the moment with the Chasers going on like a road trip and they're doing like different as in from the Chase on ITV. And one of the things they did was look into the other day um, how lack of sleep affects your memory and your stress levels and all of that. That's fascinating. Watch that. The other thing was someone shared something earlier called like um, revenge. The rev- like it, it was called something like revenge sleeping or like lack thereof. And it's basically like, and I always used to do it when I was younger, and I still do it now. And I, it's probably one of the reasons why I stay up until stupid o'clock in the morning because I really like those hours when like nothing else is happening, and I can just exist. And then it's funny you should say that because that's how I now apply. That's the kind of mindset I now have when I wake up early. And it used to be I'd wake up and I'd be so frustrated and I'd wind myself up so much for the rest of the day that it would it would inevitably ruin my day. And it made me so miserable that I would wake up crying. Like, that's how miserable you get. Exactly. And so now it's like, this is perfect. I wake up three hours before everybody else. And you're like, I've got so much freedom so much freedom and it's perfect and it's like I wake up and I can watch all of the stuff that I actually want to watch and it's not that's a coping mechanism in in itself that's a coping mechanism in itself to shift your mindset from that and that's really hard to do that's one of the things that takes a lot of practice to move that mindset to fuck I'm so angry that I'm awake this early why am I still awake and then to go, oh my god, I've actually just got so many hours to do the things that I want to do. And yeah, it's not always going to be like that. But it's nice that you can do that sometimes. Which is why I now run on a on a time zone about that is basically American time. <laughs> we do really have different I, schedules. <laughs> because I really do. I literally, I wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and I go to bed at... I'm probably, you, I think most nights your last text to me is about, well, my last text to you is about half past nine. Uh, And then I wake up. That's really. (laughs) pushing it. And then I wake up and I'll have like 500 texts from L's up until about two, three o'clock in the morning. And then for me, it's five o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, well, I'll just reply to everything that she's (laughs) done. I hope you have your phone on mute because Oh yeah, no, well, fun, fun fact. um, My dog Bear is scared of phone noises. Um, so I have to have my phone on silent the whole time. Otherwise he just shakes and stares at me like I've done something really bad to him. And every guest that we ever have in our house or anyone that is ever around Bear, I have to politely ask them to put their phone on silent because my dog is scared of it. And they look at me. I've definitely done that to you before. It's funnier because Bear is scared of phone noises, but Snow is scared of phone cables. <laughs> oh, and remote controls. And we think we're pretty sure that she's scared of remote controls because we tend to fall asleep with the remote controls in the middle of the bed and then we'll roll over and the dog's sleep in the bed as well and then we're pretty sure that Snow just gets, like, clobbered by them when we're all asleep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we just need to stop doing that. Anyway, sleep hygiene. What do you do that has helped get you to a place obviously there's this mindset change which is brilliant um but that's obviously takes a while to do what practical things did you put in place well the number one thing I did to begin with is I went and spoke to my GP and ended up having CBT for it which is where I learned loads of different techniques I learned so much more about how the sleep cycle works how we go in and out of deep and light 
an REM and you've got kind of 90 minute cycles and um, what's happening when you wake up in the middle of the night, the fact that you wake up like 20, 30 times in the night anyway and you don't even realise. Um, and for me, I in order to kind of process and understand something, I need to know all of the weird details like that behind it. And it was literally this woman was telling me just how the sleep cycles work and I was just sat there like, I could already tell that my mind was changing about how sleep works. I've got all of my pieces of paper in front of me. We'll have to do um we'll have to do an episode solely around sleep, I think, because I think I I want to get I mean no pun intended, I want to go like deeper into this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. No, definitely. It's and it's so interesting. Um and there's so many things that obviously that we hear all the time, limit screen time blue light, etc. Um, things like clean bed sheets is oh, like a I game changer. I did that changer. today. I'm so excited. Serious game changer. I do loads of things like um, I find body scans on YouTube or listen to like hypnosis tapes on YouTube or talk downs, all of that kind of stuff, the music. Um, <clears throat> what else do I do for sleep? Oh, the biggest thing... <laughs> can't believe I almost forgot this so for the past year whilst we've been in lockdown I've had my home office set up oh, in I was my gonna bedroom. say tell everyone what you did because this is so good <laughs> so I've had it set up in my bedroom I've got my yoga mat stuff set up in my bedroom I essentially live in there sleep in there work in there exercise in there I eat in there like I've basically imprisoned myself in say. my room for the past year <laughs> And it got to the point just before Christmas, with all the lockdowns as well, and then it's getting, obviously, it's Christmas, it's winter, it's darker, it's colder. It got to the point where I was going literally mental. Um, and I finally, 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 finally committed. Yes. I kept putting it off because, obviously, lockdown is like, oh, it will end in three weeks, and then yeah, it never bloody does. Yeah, this, this is what I meant earlier when I was like, you get to your third week and you go, ah, this is life now. Yeah, it, nah. this is life. We should probably do so something I've about it rather than waiting for it to end. Which is why I've officially committed to moving my office out of my bedroom into the spare room. Yes. I've got a proper desk now. I can sit at my desk. I can put my legs under my desk. Whoa. Whoa. Can you even imagine? No, I cannot. Can you even Whoa. <laughs> no, I can seriously. see. I have proper lighting. It's been a massive game changer. And seriously, people... Get out of your bedroom. Get five minutes outside. Trust even me. even if like you don't have that space that isn't your bedroom, like do something that is where you can close it off. Like even if you're const like if you're in a small flat, say for example, you can get what are they called those um like those like partition things you can get. You know when you think about like people getting changed behind stuff in like a fancy shop and it's like a. Zzz, zzz, zzz. That noise was supposed to... The zigzag to... partition. Thank you. That Z... That Z... <laughs> the Z... Was meant to be the noise of the shape. And that's the how zigzag. my brain works. <laughs> yes. Um, I translated it, though. Yeah, I got you it. did. And this is why we're friends, because you understand the absolute bollocks that I talk. But um, <laughs> I think something like that, just making sure you can keep your separate environments, um, like individual so like i'm we're really fortunate that what we've been living in our house for five years now and one of the criteria when we were looking to get a house was 
to make sure because I've always worked from home was to make sure I had space where I could physically shut the door on my work because I used to work in a I used to work yeah used to live in a little one bed flat on my own and um exactly the same as how you used to be you'd wake up you'd see your desk and you would just be like oh my god I've been in this room all day and all night and you just don't feel like you can escape from it and it, it takes its toll people don't realize how much that can affect you this is coming from someone who is historically known for being in love with their bed and bedroom like at <laughs> university it was like I was famed for it like where is Steph she's in her bed she's in bed well I guess we she is always talk that's more as well about well coping mechanisms <laughs> yeah so I've so there we go I've kind of outlined the diversions some of the different areas of coping mechanisms um and separating them out um but Els is really kind of an expert on this one 10 years um, of therapy so I'm qualified me <laughs> yeah I've had my four weeks of sleep CBT hey um, that's a lot so that's got... good that's more than most people and that's really good <laughs> it, it it's the best thing I it's one of the best things I ever did <laughs> we've got a dog barking interval right so what are we saying? Coping mechanisms. I have been in and out of therapy for 10 years. Therapy is really cool. Sometimes it's not so cool, as you heard at the start of this. But overall, I think everyone should have a therapist. I think when I have children, we're going to have a family therapist. So that there is going to be a space where people can... All of us separately can just go and be angry and sad and whatever to a separate person. Anyway... Throughout all the years of therapy, I mean, I have done dialectical behavioural therapy, I've done cognitive behavioural therapy, I've done acceptance and commitment therapy, I've just done, what have I done? <laughs> Compassion-based Compassion therapy. Thank you. <laughs> Compassion-based therapy. I have had... It's all right. You're just, it's just been quite traumatic for you this week. It's fine that you've completely forgotten about <sighs> it. Honestly, the irony that I've just forgotten my latest one... Um, I have had one-on-one -on -one counsellors, standard talking therapy. I have done dynamic interpersonal therapy. So you name it, I've done all kinds. And I've probably left some out there. I've done hypnotherapy. There you go, there's another one. That one you have. Oh my weird God. as shit, and, but the best thing ever that I will, again, tell you about another time. So some of the coping mechanisms that I've learnt from this. So as I said at the start, my understanding of coping mechanisms is not so much a distraction and it is more... Um, how you're rewiring your brain to then respond. Like Steph said um, about tying your shoelaces, it's something that you learn to practice that then eventually becomes natural. And then where you once were in a state of stress. So for example, I don't actually think I've said much about mental health wise of what I um, have been diagnosed with so far, but so far, like I'm expecting more. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's probably, let's face it, we don't know enough about brains yet. There's probably something hidden in there. What is wrong with you so far? <laughs> so, um, but no, the, the main one for me, I have borderline personality disorder. And um, to explain what that is in a nutshell, uh, it is where you sit on the borderline of neurosis and psychosis. Sounds terrifying. It's finally been renamed as emotional unstable, emotionally unstable personality disorder, which just means that you just don't really know what the fuck to do with yourself when you're really stressed, so you drive to a big hill with Mario Kart. Anyway, so so I'm predominantly in recovery. Like, this week has just been a lot. This has been a real anomaly of a week for me, but my whole life used to be that every single day for a really long time. Um, and I think I was diagnosed 
five or six years ago now, something like that. Um, it is said that without treatment, you can sort of reach recovery within 10 years as your brain matures anyway. Uh, so it's a very odd, it's a really odd diagnosis because there's also nine main uh, traits that they test you for and you have to sort of fit the criteria of at least five of those. And I think the way that that, that then equates is that I think there are like 256 or 258 combinations of traits that can all make up the same diagnosis so I can be diagnosed with the same thing as somebody else but we can be almost completely different people with completely different traits so mm. fingers crossed one day that will be worked on and something different will happen and then there's sort of OCD and complex post-traumatic stress disorder in there anyway anyway so that the reason why I'm telling you that is to give an idea of why I've had to go to therapy and find these coping mechanisms in order to rewire re my brain to reach a state of um tying your shoelaces naturally but calming down naturally with your brain <laughs> tying my shoelaces with my brain um so the first one i'm going to tell you about is uh cactus theory which uh this was from i can't remember which one this was. i think this might have been steps so i did dialectical behavioral therapy 20 weeks of emotion management stripping back every emotion i've ever learned to relearn it again Cactus theory is um, the concept of if you think about how your emotions and thoughts and feelings are a cactus. And specifically for me, these were unanswered, unanswered questions from my past that would never be answered. These are things that I have to live with. For example, um, my dad died uh, eight years ago now. I have to live with that. I can't change that. So it's learning how to live with unanswered questions, things you can't change, things you have to just live with that are painful. Um... So you imagine all of these awful things are a cactus. Every single time that you go over it and over it and over it and sort of say, why me? How, why is, why is my life so bad? Why did this happen to me? Why don't I have these answers? Why did this thing happen? All you're doing is pushing the, like the cactus further into your fingers and you're hurting yourself. When actually you can put it to one side and exist alongside the nasty problems or like, that doesn't mean you're ignoring it. It's just the first, it was the first time I ever got told by a therapist I didn't have to fight something. And I'd spent like 27 years of my life, 26, 27 years of my life fighting everything and being hard-faced and a bitch and being all like, right, we've got to face everything head on to cope with it. And then I got told this theory and I was like, oh, so I can just put the cactus down for a bit rather than continuously squeezing at the pain because squeezing at the pain and asking myself for constant answers wasn't ever helping me and now I can sort of occasionally go right okay it starts off with 10 seconds to start with and you go right put your cactus down and it comes straight back and you go right okay 30 seconds eventually you get to that and then suddenly that will become hours that will become days um and for me the thing that I found the most fascinating about this is that it really does show that you have to practice a skill, you have to develop a skill, and that's where I wanted to really highlight that difference between distraction and coping mechanism. There was also something else I wanted to say about this, and I've completely and utterly forgotten it. So we will come back to that. So you, Steph, can now tell your evidence-based. I also was going to say something about the cactus-based theory, but I have also forgotten it. So I don't understand. Evidence-based <laughs> theory... Evidence-based theory is something that me and Els have been using actually over the past couple of weeks when, I mean, we've not seen many major hiccups, but when something's been going on and we 
we're both quite similar in that we really need to understand the entirety of something in oh, order we to ruminate. be able to process it. And we, oh, we love, we love, we love a ruminate. question. Oh, oh my god, it's delightful. <laughs> but we and being putting us both together means that we all both just back and forth spiral in this circle of just asking each other but why does this thing happen like this why does this thing not happen like this and we'll just keep asking each other the same question over and over again until we drive each other mad to the point where i'm pretty sure at some point we've gone am i just imagining you are you just a figment of my imagination because we are both asking each other the same questions 30 times a second Imagine if everyone else is listening to this podcast and it's just one voice. No, no. Stop it, no. No, no, continue. Can we just go back to pretending we're separate people? Thank you. And how do we work out that this isn't true? Well, Els, we can look at evidence-based theories. (laughs) I like what you did there. Has anyone actually told you that this is the case? Has anyone actually told us that there's only one voice? No one has told me. No. Is there any physical evidence for this? No, I can see you. You can see me. And are people telling you otherwise? No, no. Why are you yes. not saying <laughs> Because I want you to say yes. Oh, I, was like, I was like, why are people telling me otherwise? And I was like, I don't know what this yes, means. Yes, because are we're people- two people, oh, so everybody right. else is yeah. telling you that. Sorry, I thought we okay. were confirming so- that we were two people, not- and I thought you meant... Okay, I'm just going to let you continue. <laughs> so basically, it is, it is quite literally, as it says on the tin, which is probably one of our favourite sayings. Yeah, we love a it tin. It is quite literally. Has anyone actually... Do you have actual evidence for why you are thinking the way you are, or have you just not found an answer and so your brain has invented something or picked what it believes to be the most obvious and correct oh situation or thought oh god what did you just do (laughs) just threw my notebook out of excitement because you just reminded me what i was going to say and this links in perfectly um oh fantastic so our brains are problem solving machines and with that comes a need for answers so you want to know exactly like what you were just saying like why is this happening why me like how do i change this how do i get someone to see that they're causing me pain or blah 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 blah. all of these different damaging thoughts that just go round and round and round on loop and you can't get any answers because our brains are a i can't speak (laughs) because our brains are a problem solving machine we actually then find it more comfortable to sit with the knowledge that we are the problem as opposed to no answer at all, which is why... Yes. Yeah, which is why we then reach the conclusion of, I'm a bad person, I deserve this, it must be me that's the problem, it must be me that's the common denominator because I've fallen out with all of these people in my life. Newsflash, we all fall out with loads of people throughout the course of our life. Nobody nobody starts life with one set of friends and ends life with the same set of friends people are going to come and go like that's the reality of it even family just want to interject that uh my other half and his entire friendship group have all been friends since they were about two years old no right but they have at least made some new friends 
Which is they let one person in every five years, and that one That's of the one of them is my fiance. One of them is Campbell. Yeah, yeah. one of them is Campbell. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so they are the anomaly. But if you're if you are the average person, life life is just difficult. It's shit sometimes. But yeah, so there is. So you've got your cactus theory. You've got your evidence based thinking, and you've got the understanding yeah. that every single time your brain is reaching the conclusion that you are the problem. It's only because your brain finds it easier to sit with that than no answer at all. So that is how you... It just you... wants an answer. Yeah. And yourself is the easiest answer. And well, you're the only one that can confirm that. Yeah. Well, then it goes back to evidence-based theory. You've got no one else kind of telling you otherwise except for yourself. And you weirdly believe everything that you think about yourself, even though your thoughts aren't your beliefs necessarily it's, do you know what when we start getting too deep in this it messes with my mind because then i'm like i'm hearing thoughts whose thoughts i used to get really stressed as a child that i would never be able to hear somebody else's thoughts like but I you would never you can't hear it but exactly. you can't hear anybody else's thoughts Ca- exactly what and that stressed you out yeah because i was like i can categorically confirm that i will never be able to know what someone else's thoughts sound like and I'll never be able to see out of someone else's sea holes (laughs) (laughs) which also now I think about it sounds a bit like I'm saying a rude thing (laughs) it really does but I do want to point it out I'd clocked that one the first time you said it I started to reach that point but now I've fully reached it and I'm never saying that again so on that note now we're talking about eyes I can talk about filters. Eyeballs. Oh, go on. I've told you about filters, right? The eyes are the balls of the face. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're the nipples of the face, if we're going to actually do the quote. Oh, but... that's gross. I think Have I you prefer... not heard that? The eyes are the nipples of the face. What's the mouth? Oh. No, I don't want to continue. <laughs> okay. And a deep breath. Now breathe heavily into the microphone, Steph. I'm just going to do a whale breath for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so filters. Now we're talking about eyes. Filters. So everybody has heard of rose-tinted glasses, right? You know what rose-tinted glasses are? Yes, yes. Okay, so... That made it sound like I didn't know what they were, but uh, yes. I do. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> the concept being, for anyone that doesn't know, rose-tinted glasses are when you look at the world through them, you see everything in a really positive light. This isn't always a very helpful thing, because that can lead to toxic positivity. Another topic we will be covering on a whole episode soon, because I think that needs an episode in itself. But... I actually might have to put that on the list. <laughs> just, like, desperately checking the spreadsheet, like, is it there? Um... So, filters are essentially... It's there. It is there, yes. I think we put it, it on there, there the other day when someone was stressing us out. We were like, someone's forcing yeah. positivity on us. Let's talk about that. Um, okay. I actually think I know when that happened. Um, that was literally what happened. That is actually, yeah. So, most of these topics will come because something will have happened in one of our lives and we're like, we're going to discuss this. Um, so, right, filters. It's Rose going on the list. <laughs> Rose-tinted glasses. Sorry. No, this is fine. We digress. This is the point of... I mean, this is what we do, isn't it? Rose-tinted glasses. Um, 
Filters are something, again, that I was taught in therapy, really, really helpful, something that really stuck with me. And it was the sudden realisation that you bring a filter down over your eyes when you're viewing the world from a certain way. So if you've struggled with like childhood trauma or you've gone through um, a terrible relationship or you're a very, even if just being a very emotionally sensitive person, you are going to view the world in a certain way that's going to be different from others. So someone who's lived a really positive life can use these rose-tinted glasses. Other people will have, say, for example, abandonment filters or, um, I don't know, or like uh, they could be, what's the word when you're, when you expect a lot of things? Entitled. So you can have like entitlement. <laughs> I'm like, where is that? Where? So there's all these different types of filters that can come down. And so these can then filter into even smaller filters. I'm saying the word filter so many times. Um, but essentially, so this for is me, me forgetting what mechanisms was earlier. Coping mechanism. Yeah, so basically these filters become um, separate branches and you can then have your main sort of titles, like I said, like abandonment, entitlement, etc, etc. And then they can also relate directly to parts of your life. So for example, for me, when, say someone um, speaks to me in an offhand way, my abandonment filter comes straight down and it goes, this person doesn't like you. They're going to leave you. Everybody leaves you. Why, why Why? else do you think they're talking to you like that? And my brain just goes, ah! And then starting to understand these filters and these concepts made me understand, oh, okay, so I, that's actually a separate situation to now and a separate person than the people from your past. You're actually completely allowed to lift this filter now and go, this is actually a new thing. Stop putting your old vision on and viewing this as if it was the mm. old stuff. So that's been a really helpful coping mechanism to look at and develop. And I think one thing we both wanted to touch on, so as we said, distractions and coping mechanisms are different things, but they also come under the... Distractions come under the bracket of coping mechanisms. However, yeah, the things I'm talking about are not stuff you can practice when you are in the midst of an episode or struggling. So someone said to me, um, like, you don't teach somebody how to swim when they're drowning. And I was like, ha, ah, okay. And it's like, so why are we trying to teach people breathing techniques and coping mechanisms when they're in the middle of something? So everyone's had that one person come to them when they're in an episode being like, oh, just calm down, do this, let's do a breathing technique. And it's like, hang on a minute, I can't do that. I, haven't, I don't know how to do it. So you have to do everything that I'm telling you here needs to be when you're calm. You need to practice this away from the episode so that then you can use it in the episode. Yeah, just sit down and take 10 breaths and you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I thought you were telling me. I was like, yeah, I'm aware I've just talked a lot well quick. Um, oh. No, I wasn't literally being like, right, you need to sit down now, else. Take Do 10 your breaths. big whale breaths. <laughs> taking the piss out of people that think that 10 breaths... I mean, sometimes if you are just having breathlessness then 10 breaths might help but it's like when you are literally about to throw everything that you own out of a window in frustration yeah if someone turns around to me at that point and says take 10 breaths then they're the person that's going out of the window I mean at five foot two and 50 kilos no one's going out of a window but <laughs> no, I'd be surprised when, when people are stressed you can people get weird superhuman strength don't they you hear those stories about like mums have lifted up cars to release their children and I, stuff like that i literally aim to be one of those people one day i would like one of the incredible 
oh my god, if I could lift up a car in some sort of death-defying stunt. I'm going to organise this for you one day. One day we're going to have a TV show on, like, Channel 5 or ITVB. And it will yeah, be... Go, no, ITV1. No, Come I'm on, setting AI. up. No, because we like Channel to Channel 5? Yeah, this is my point. <laughs> we set the goals small. We aim low. We aim low, aim low, so we can't be disappointed and then anything else is better. Yeah. ITVB well, we will still BBC, take you, though. Yeah, ITVB, we might, yeah. might consider that. Channel 5, maybe, if you pay me. We won't say no, literally, if... if We've got if no Pick shame. TV rings me. UK TV gold. We have, I think, combined, we have two of the most eccentric laughs as well. And we both do a cackle uh-huh. and a, We both do, like, a big laugh, a dirty laugh, and then the... <laughs> the weird, the weird quiet one where you just go... <laughs> that one. I didn't know I and did. That's a level collection. one. And then level two, and Sam calls this the Steph Rogan laugh. Yeah. Because I sound like Seth Rogan, which is where I go. <laughs> that's my favourite <laughs> one of yours. I was editing um some I was editing some of our the other day and Campbell heard your laugh and was like, Was that Steph? And he was like, I was like Yeah. There was, oh my that's god, Seth this has just made me think. Right, so this 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 always blows my mind. At what age do you develop the dinner party laugh? So you know when you're a kid, What's right? The dinner party laugh. You know when Is you're that a... the fake laugh. No, you know when you're a kid and you'll be upstairs in bed and you think it's like, and you're yeah. <laughs> no, I already, already know. knows, I already right? Know. When Auntie Karen from downstairs, <laughs> but it's like suddenly they'll all erupt and it'll be like, ah, she's been drinking ah. tea and Maria. <laughs> yeah. ah! <laughs> that laugh was so intense that it my headphones silenced you. God, yeah, it's the like it's like reason why I don't drink a lot because I'm the queen of that laugh. But it's like you know that deep, like fully into your diaphragm laugh, and they all do it. Yeah, they all like go at once, and it will like erupt underneath your bedroom. All you'll hear is like (laughs) from like all of them, and you're like, I don't know at what age this happens. Yeah, so me and Campbell started having um, people over for dinner, like, in general, but specifically New Year's Eve. And um, it's when you kind of you reach a point where you're like, I can't be able to go and stand in eccentric, eccentric, excessive queues, and pay, like, 30 quid a ticket to go in a sweaty club. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, horrible. New Year's Eve on a night out. Don't know how I did it for so many years. Anyway, we'd have these dinner parties, and um, I remember sitting there once, and I looked around, and I was like... Oh my god, we've become the dinner party laugh people, and it was literally like someone and we'd play a board game and then someone would do something and we'd be like, ha, 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 ha. and I was like, oh fuck, I'm definitely in my thirties. Actually, this was even pre thirty. I haven't even got that excuse. So anyway, wow, I've digressed really far. No, but that was a good digression, and it brought me onto the fact of I've got a funny, a, a funny little coping technique. It's a way of quickly cheering yourself up if you're with somebody. Also, Ooh. can you see how much my eyeliner's run? Where I've, I've laughed so much and cried <laughs> during this past hour. Um, if you um, just try and do the biggest laugh that you can without laughing... Are you telling me to do it? it uh, 
Yeah, try it. It will the make you die. Laugh, it was, the biggest laugh I can do without laughing. Like, so you're... By biggest laugh, I mean you're doing, like, a fake laugh. Okay. Without, without yourself actually laughing. It's really hard. The ah! biggest laugh. <laughs> That's really difficult. That does make you laugh. So we used to do this when I worked at Next, um... Past time, or just aggressively laugh at people. Yeah, or the other one is just do big claps, like just do <laughs> biggest round of applause you can. What, like customers? Like it would usually be like on Sunday at like four o'clock when it got quiet and we're just passing the hour, not like. Oh, so how can I help you today? <laughs> I genuinely thought you meant just at customers. I was like, and how long did you last in this job? That's how I. That was my coping mechanism for working in Next. I like that. Yeah. That's what we used to do. There you go. I like that a lot. I used to work in retail. And the big laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need for everybody to try this, particularly watching somebody else do it rather than you doing it yourself, because it is so aggressively stupid. <laughs> That leads me on perfectly to talking about how we have um, physiological reactions that we just don't really control. So, for example, how you just made me laugh by telling me to fake laugh and then my brain went, ha ha, we're actually doing this. This is really fun. Like, that, like it's like, oh, we're having such a good time. Let's keep this going. Like It forces you to. Yeah, so that really massively ties in so perfectly with this thing that I read the other day that's all about how if you think... Um, about really good food right think about what tell me what is your go-to meal right now what are you really hungry about hungry about hungry when for. you said that it may just made me think of like a proper roast dinner yeah with like gravy just and hot really gravy. good roast potatoes probably some oh, stuffing yeah. now your mouth is watering right Oh my god, yeah. I'm thinking about that gravy. Yeah, so your brain has had a thought. That's two northern lasses, that is, <laughs> loving gravy. Excuse me, I am from the Midlands. I am, the Midlands well, exists. Manchester is the Midlands. I no, know. No, I'm Manchester's not north. Northerner. Manchester's definitely north. See, do you know what? When I moved to Leicester, again on a tangent, but when I moved to Leicester, they used to go mental at me because of the fact that every obviously everything above Watford Gap is the north. Oh, I used to get this when I was true. in Nottingham. Leicester, Leicester and Nottingham and Worcester, which is where I'm originally from, are Midlands, but Manchester's Defo North. Yeah. Why do we always get okay, then I am Northern. Geography. So anyway... <laughs> um, I'm still getting it wrong and it's like my heritage, so... <laughs> I'm definitely from the Midlands. I just, I like a gravy... Um, so anyway, your mouth is currently watering, right? Because you are thinking about this thing. You have had a, a mm-hmm. thought, your brain process has happened and it has sent signals out to your body to go, oh, we're thinking about food. Let's get ourselves ready for some food. I'm really excited about this. So on that same note, when you have something really emotional happen or something really bad happen and you're or you're thinking really bad, damaging thoughts and you're blaming yourself for stuff you're naturally going to have physiological reactions, whether that's going to be a panic attack or you're going to dissociate. And for those who don't know what dissociation is, it's um, something I do a lot and it's essentially, in real layman's terms, it's where your brain basically 
shuts down. So imagine your brain with a router. It's like the Wi-Fi just goes off and it, my brain shuts down to protect myself because there's too much emotion happening that I will lose the plot if it carries on happening. So I just sort of sit and stare at something for a while and I can't really move that much and it takes a while to then reboot myself back into existence. Anyway, these are physiological reactions, right? And whether it's laughing, crying, your mouth watering or whatever... We are so mean to ourselves when it comes to stuff like, um, I don't know, people who have relapsed with addictions or eating disorders or people who um, let myself when I have emotional episodes or I get really like just emotionally supercharged and too much. We make ourselves feel really bad. We put so much guilt and shame on ourselves and we're like, why did I do that? Blah, blah, blah. But we never get annoyed at ourselves for our mouths watering so we need to start relating the fact that all of our capacity in our brains and all of our thought processes can cause underlying physiological reactions that aren't actually our fault and this is where coping mechanisms come in and this is one of the thought processes that's really helped me to stop feeling guilty about things so for example why I can talk about my episode last week rather than sitting in a pit of shame for a month like I used to I can now go okay so we've moved through that there's actually nothing to be like shamed there shit happens you were really stressed everything went really bad and wrong so you did that that's fine so I think that it's really interesting and um there's a book that I keep banging on about called the body keeps the score uh, I can't remember who it's by. Somebody van something. That's really helpful. Could be me. <laughs> um, but read it. I've got it myself. I have read this myself. It's brilliant, and it, it it's in as soon as you start to teach yourself scientific things about your brain, those have been the most helpful coping mechanisms I've found. Rather than the distractions, the distractions will get you out of the initial stress phase. But when you are then calm, do your best to be working at thought processes, working at all of these different understandings of how you're behaving and why scientifically. Because it starts to make you look at it objectively and you stop blaming yourself and you stop being really mean to yourself. And I think that's part of all of our problems as humans. We're just horrible to ourselves internally. I know I am. Yeah, and I th yeah definitely. And I think we need to stop feeling sorry for having feelings like you can you can be sorry and apologetic for how you react when you have those feelings and how you act but you shouldn't be sorry for feeling them in the first place it's a natural response and if something has made you angry then why should you feel ashamed for that you might then shout at someone and there could be shame to that and you can feel sorry for for shouting at someone and being nasty out of that anger but actually those feelings are all completely um, justified. And I hate this idea that there's shame. It makes me so annoyed. And shame is so useless. Like guilt is useful because guilt will help you identify that you may have done something wrong that you need to apologise for. Shame is actually pointless because it just makes you feel like shit and it makes you wallow. One of my other coping mechanisms, haha, -ha, there is one, um, wallow time set an alarm on your phone for an hour two hours whatever it is and let yourself feel sorry for yourself completely guilt-free for two hours then when that alarm goes off ding 
you're done. Go and fucking crack on with some shit. You've got your guilt-free wallow time because the more time you spend trying to stop yourself wallowing and stop yourself feeling sorry for yourself, the more you just prolong the agony. But what I just wanted to say oh, yeah. as well, real quickly, is um, you saying about stopping apologising for stuff. It's really funny because um, just before we recorded this, I was chatting to my cousin and she was like, oh, I'm sorry I haven't messaged and stuff recently. And she was like, I know you're going to tell me off for saying sorry because I'm always like, stop apologising to me. You haven't done anything wrong. Life is stressful. We just sometimes need to switch off from the world. And I totally respect that. And it's like I said, we've all got boundaries and we all need to keep reinforcing them and taking a step back from life. And we came to an agreement earlier that we were... Because she just said, I just need to say sorry because it makes me feel better. And then we came to an agreement that um, we're going to develop a different word for that. So she doesn't feel like... Or like, same with me. Neither of us feel like we're saying sorry for existing. But we just need to make a point that... We were like, right, so we're just going to say the word banana. And then once we've said that, that gets rid of the shame feeling without actually apologising for existing. And I was like, ha! Yeah, because you haven't done anything wrong. You just want to acknowledge that. You want to say a, like I I feel different shame. Different approach would have maybe been preferable. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Or there no. was other options available. Yeah, and it's more like from a self. Um, it it goes down on the shame thing again. You want to be able to reduce your shame by saying so, or your guilt by saying sorry, even though you necess- haven't necessarily done anything. So when you can learn... And you don't need forgiveness for it. Exactly. You don't need to be forgiven for just needing time to be, especially with how the world is now. So we've kind of learned a new area just today to be like, oh, actually, you can say... There there needs to be another word that isn't just, I'm sorry. There needs to be a word that sort of stands for, I feel shame because I've retreated from the world out of stress. And I want to let you know I feel shame. I'm not sorry for my behaviour, but I need your reassurance that you're not mad at me. <laughs> it's almost... It's it's kind of... We need another word for going, I'm ashamed, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Banana. It's what it is. I've acted this way and now I'm feeling a bit shitty about it. And it's We're going to move through normal. it, but I just need you to know that that's how I feel. That's all it is. Sometimes you just need someone else to understand that that's your thought process and... Somehow yeah. sorry is the word that we've got for that. Sorry is such a weird word. I hate it. I don't like it. I use it 10 billion times a day. And you know how people say like sorry when they haven't heard? Oh, yeah. Or like a lot of people say pardon. Oh, no. But I went to <laughs> I went to a massively weird many... I went to seven schools. One of them in particular, I had a Latin teacher. And I distinctly remember that he told us every time we said pardon... He would, so he had like a handlebar moustache, he would smoke a pipe in lessons, and no, I was not brought up in 1920, I don't really know what happened here, or where the regulations <laughs> were, but he also wore like a tweed suit, and he had like a really high desk, and I also didn't imagine this, this is true, I googled him the was other day. Was he from the past? <laughs> Potentially. I googled him the other day. <laughs> no, seriously. Was he a ghost? <laughs> he was the ghost of Latin past. Anyway. So we used to say to him, um, people would say like, oh, pardon, if they didn't hear anything. And he'd go, pardon? Pardon? I'm not begging you for anything. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, no, he'd say like, you're not begging me for anything. That has stuck with me so much. He used to make us say what instead of pardon. And everyone else seemed to teach their children, right, in the world to say pardon because it's polite. I, that has sunk into my psyche and I will only say what to people. So Campbell gets furious because he will shout something in the house and I'm like, what? 
So can you never just say pardon? And I'm like, no, because I'm not going to beg for something. And I'm also not going to say sorry because I I just didn't hear something. So I'm going to say what? I don't think I've ever said pardon in my... It makes me feel itchy. It just makes me think of, I beg your pardon? Yeah, see, and I'm not going to beg that's... anything. I'm not going to beg you for say what that. you just said. It's not my fault that my ears might be faulty and I still haven't got them tested. So anyway, I think that covers a lot. That covers a lot of our favourite coping mechanisms, a lot of ways of going about stuff, whether it's distractions. We didn't want to come on here and just sort of go, oh, self-care, go and have a bath bomb and, like, do nice things. Like, we're all aware of that. Like, we're not here to teach your grandmother how to suck eggs or whatever the weird phrase that is. <laughs> weird, weird phrase. Weird anyway we wanted to hopefully bring some valuable new ways of thinking that i know have benefited me and brought me recovery and steph has been able to identify all these different elements there are and how we need to be accessing different parts of coping not just one way of doing it is there's definitely an element of balance and I mean, we could get in, we could go on about this for ages and ages. Um, and it's something that I'm studying as part of my philosophy of yoga as well. Um, and the kind of yogic guide to life. I say yogic in that tone because it made me think of like influencer yogis and not Ugh. legitimate people. Yeah. Um, but there's this ideology that um, of self-discipline. Um but that also is a balance because you can be overly self-disciplined and overly controlled and you could you could be using these coping techniques or your own coping strategies as a crutch. Um, you could be in an addictive cycle with them and not even realise. Um, and then on the other hand, if you're doing no coping mechanisms, then you're just stressed as well. So it's kind of... Yeah. Everything is in moderation. Everything needs some balance. Um, we got some great comments in um from people but as we said a lot of them were kind of the distractions um a lot of you messaged saying alcohol and um yeah <laughs> yeah and First i think that's all, a prime example <laughs> yeah that's a prime example of um how we can have things that can help us in an instance but it's then so easily for them that to be unhealthy because that's not really a coping mechanism that's uh it's a it's essentially in a nutshell it's a substance that you use to distract from life which yeah if you're out having a good time that's brilliant but the reality of it is we're all sat at home at the moment not doing a whole lot so if your own main coping mechanism is to go to a substance and i mean even for me like i said i vape i, I smoked for 15 years and i'm still vaping and that's somehow i know it's unhealthy it's shit i'm trying to deal with it but if you start if you realize that your main coping mechanisms are technically unhealthy coping mechanisms like that don't try and get rid of them just try and add more of other things that are healthier yeah. into your life because then eventually then that reduces your need for the thing that you might be unhealthily relying on yeah don't put pressure on cutting down the unhealthy thing just try and bring in some more of the positive um, coping techniques or the positive distractions um, and hopefully you can find a better balance and it kind of works both ways because there's coping techniques that would be seen as healthy 
that may then so obviously alcohol and drugs is a really easy one to say well as soon as you're kind of doing that excessively you're so bad but you've got things like um fitness um, yeah. diet yeah, um, you can get addicted to all these even. things. Yep, so cleanliness for me is a huge one. When when I was younger, in particular, when I lived with a friend's family, I couldn't afford to pay them rent, um, and they'd help me out massively after I'd lost my home. And um, part of me, and now I look back in hindsight, it's quite clear that's where my OCD started to get at its worst, because I was trying to control my surroundings by being clean, keeping things organised, like doing things so it looked like I was contributing to the household and so at that time that was really helpful and really handy for me because it meant that I felt like I had some kind of control over my life and some autonomy when I couldn't contribute financially however I'm still doing those behaviors quite badly now and I don't need to be constantly putting everything into order and my OCD is very much perfectionism based and it's exhausting so I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Like you can sometimes say, for example, people will say, oh, go and tidy your room. That'll make you feel better. And yeah, that will be helpful in moderation. But when you're organising it for eight hours before you can function to do anything else, not so good. But I think it kind of, I think we've kind of rounded it out relatively well um and there's definitely a balance and it's definitely finding what works best for you there's so much stuff that you can go and research and like the the cactus um idea the evidence-based theories the other kind of theories that we've discussed today there's so many different things out there and you will find one one day that just resonates with you and and that will be the one that helps you adjust that mindset so that you can make more positive adjustments um and therefore, hopefully, going forward, you rely less on those crutches that are coping mechanisms and you actually don't need the crutches so much because you reach those situations in future and you're like, well, I know how to deal with this one now. I've done it before. We got through this. Da, 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 da. And then you're tying then, your shoes yeah. naturally. Tying your shoes with your brain. Yes. Well, what I wanted to do just before we go is read a couple of things. So... These are a couple of messages we've had from people and I can't believe that even though we haven't actually released anything properly yet, we're already getting such amazing stuff coming in. Um, so we asked people of sort of their suggestions and questions and things around um, coping mechanisms and although a lot of it, like we said, was distractions as well, I felt like it was really important to include some of the things that people are saying because, like I said, it's a community that we're trying to pull together here. We want people to feel as much a part of this as we do and yeah I just really loved these responses so um we're gonna leave them anonymous because I feel like that's it's it's a nice it's a nice way to keep it a safe space um but yeah so there's this first one um she said one of the best things I learned was to give myself permission to do things I wanted to do without guilt or fear or repercussions of without sorry without guilt or fear of repercussions if I wanted to eat loads of chocolate that was okay if I wanted to go to bed that was okay If I wanted to skip work and work on something else, that was okay. Once I started allowing myself to do those things rather than not doing them because they weren't productive or healthy or right, I found myself rebelling against myself less, brackets, less guilt, fewer struggles, and able to feel less overwhelmed in situations which would have escalated before because what I wanted to do and what I let myself do were at odds with one another. I loved that. That is so good. I love that one. I just thought it was so powerful. Um... 
And then it's, she made a really interesting point afterwards. She just said, honestly, it has been life-changing without wanting to be too dramatic. It took a long time and a lot of mistakes along the way, but it has certainly had a huge difference to how I behave towards myself. Lots of kindness and being gentle, far fewer harsh words and much less unkindness. Um, and I wanted to read that extra bit out because we are acutely aware that things take time. This podcast is not being recorded to say to you, you're going to be able to think better tomorrow. I mean, hell, I've been in, te in therapy 10 years, like I said, and I had a complete bloody breakdown, like, twice this week. Yeah. Shit happens. You're going <laughs> to still have bad days. I mean, you're still there's still going to be storms that you're going to have to get through, and um, you might not be able to face them some days, and you might have your episodes and your breakdowns, and that's completely fine. But also... You might find that on other days you're able to cope with them better and it's never an overnight thing. Um, I just no. wanted to make that so clear that some of these, some of the things we say, we make it sound so easy and like it's as simple as, oh, just do the cactus oh, theory and everything will be fine. But I've had two really shit nights of sleep this week. Els has had her episodes. <laughs> it's like we're still... <laughs> I, that sounded so shitty, but I didn't Els mean it that No, but, but I, I love it me, because I want people to take we're the still out going. of me. We're still going through things. We still deal with things. And even though we still deal with things, we're finding better ways to cope with ourselves when those things happen. And so, as you said, you used to really, like wallow in self-pity for two weeks after an episode and I would beat myself up so much about a bad night's sleep that I would wake up crying and now it's like I wake up and I'm like well it's two o'clock in the morning let's just move like, Woo, <laughs> like, let's cool. just get up yeah like, I okay, think the nicest well, thing we're up now the nicest thing about hearing you saying all of that is I feel like such a sense of hope that actually all of this, that the one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do a podcast, and I think you did as well, is both of us needed somebody like us when we were younger. I needed to hear somebody say this stuff. I needed to. I needed somebody real to show me that life can be happy again. It can be easier. You can live alongside your pain. And no one showed me that when I was younger. So if we can do that for you now, hi. What is this weird thing that we have as well that we just assume that everyone that's kind of five years older than us has all of their shit together? Oh, like, it's like when in I was year seven, school, yes, year eleven, like seriously, <laughs> on the benches. it was, mate, with like, and I thought that they knew everything, everything. and then I got to year eleven and I was like, I am thick as shit. <laughs> I just I remember looking and at then people that's happened my whole life. I still like, feel like I'm mentally about seventeen. And I just don't understand at what... I don't think you reach adulthood. I'm pretty sure. I actually think adulthood is a myth. It's a lie. We've all it's been taught that it's real. It Everyone's faking it. Uh, it was invented by businessmen and banks. <laughs> and people who do adverts <laughs> to sell you things because you've got bigger money than small people do. I don't know what I meant by that. <laughs> what I meant by small people is children who don't have jobs, not just short people who are skin, which is actually the dictionary definition of me. Both of us. <laughs> short people who are skin. I'm going to read one more Hello. quickly before we round this up. There was another one. Okay. And it just said, um, understanding that being selfish is not negative, but vital and something everyone is entitled to be to an extent. As someone who was a young carer, it took me many years to be selfish enough to live on my own, to live on my own, to live my own life, and that I didn't always have to be there for someone. 
I know this may not be directly related, but it was such an epiphany for me and made me stop feeling so guilty for enjoying life. And part of the reason why I really wanted to read that one is because um, we won't be in it when this is released, but it is currently Children's Mental Health Awareness Week. And um, I think we are all guilty of forgetting that children have feelings. Well, not me, because I'm so acutely aware of it now because I've done so much therapy around children. But before I was aware of stuff, we just kind of think that children are people and even teens. We forget about all of this stuff. And um, I just wanted to say how incredible that is for her as a young carer to then come out of that and go, no, actually, I am allowed time for me. And so for anybody currently caring for somebody right now, whether you're a young carer or otherwise, because realistically, we're in a pandemic, there's going to be a hell of a lot of people caring for people right now. You are allowed to be selfish, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes of your day. Go and do something so selfish that you just oh my God. feel completely just like you've got your time and it's yours and stop being guilty now please <laughs> I, this is like my I, I agree with this so wholeheartedly because i've been so gaslit before about being selfish same and that it's so such a horrible thing for me to be how dare i want to be happy like that's not fucking selfish that is enjoying like being content and is is why you're alive. Stop living for everybody else. Please. Yes, you are very much I'm allowed literally to be selfish. So <laughs> passionate. I believe in this so hard. Like, and my last be selfish thing, for your own sake. Before, that, before I mean, it's, we've already done an hour and 40 minutes of recording. We've gone ham today. Um, but it just made me we've think of you. <laughs> we have gone in. Just made me, made me think that... Um, I spent a really long time thinking that happiness was fun and always chasing fun and chasing highs and having incredible experiences and thinking if I wasn't out at the latest party or night out or biggest thing, then I wasn't happy. And until I finally accepted that happiness is contentment, that was when I could stop. Like, contentment can be anything from being selfish for five minutes to sitting there observing how calm your day is or just being happy about having a cup of tea just because you're not off having fun at the moment because we can't go anywhere doesn't mean you aren't happy focus on your contentment and the happiness will follow final 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 thing we are in the middle of a lockdown we are in the middle of a pandemic if you aren't able to keep on top of your coping mechanisms if you are using crutches if you are struggling that's fucking okay. The fact that you've even... If you've listened to this podcast as a means of distracting yourself, which I think is literally what you were about to say, then that's enough. And also thank you. <laughs> very, <laughs> very much. Thank you. Yeah, we've got... I told you that sometimes you're going to get stupidity around geography, shouting the word ham, and other times you're going to get very, very <laughs> emotional roller coasters of passionate opinions on mental health and being nice to ourselves and finding that space but on that note I just want to say thank you again for listening and we both I think came into today's recording quite stressed not stressed at the recording but just like out life and a bit deflated and I feel like I'm leaving this with the fizziness again I said to Els before we clicked but before I did three, two, one, one, two, three, record, <laughs> as I do each time, <laughs> I said that I came to this one slightly 
more anxious than I had. Yeah, you were nervous. The previous ones. I think I was too. But I, I didn't want to tell you I was. <laughs> and it's because it's bec- it's just because I know it's so real now. Like people, I know that people are actually listening. But I'm so so excited to kind of go on this journey and for everyone to follow us because it just makes us feel so good once yeah. we're done. And we literally, um, we'll probably text for the next three days about how how overexcited now because yeah yeah oh, no, and how we can't wait for everyone to hear it. So right on cue, Bear has just slammed his feet on the door again. So that's probably my cue to stop talking. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We have been Elspeth and Steph and. I hope that we have kept you company. And we can't wait to see you and speak to you again next week. Not see you because we don't see you. But we'll listen to you. No, you'll listen to us. Hang on, no. Let me start again. And we can't... <laughs> no, keep that. I like that. Cool. Job done. Right. And we can't wait for you all to listen to us again next week. Right. Bye, friends. Bye. One, two, three. Stop. Stop. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We are so grateful to have you on this journey with us and you can join in the conversation further via our socials. You can find us on all popular streaming sites where you can like, review and subscribe. You can also DM us your questions and queries on Instagram and Facebook at Keep You Company. Talking to people, setting boundaries, being assertive. I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) Doing a podcast. Um, Can I put them bits in? Your room. Yes. Mama, <laughs> There's your Introducing blooper. Introducing Joseph, Jonathan, George. Yeah, that's the blooper. <laughs>